If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and today we'll hear stories from Nemours Associates about what inspires them as they go about their daily work. For two associates, it's all about family. In one case, her family members who shared the wisdom of business and life that she uses to this day as a Nemours associate. In the other case, the inspiration drawn by an associate whose father struggled with illness and from whom she learned the lessons of paying forward the kindness and caring she was shown during this difficult time in her family's history. First up, though, Dr. Lauren Avril, Chair of Medical Imaging at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children. As a radiologist, she enjoys helping teams of clinicians put together the puzzle pieces that result in a child's diagnosis and treatment plan. So imagine her surprise and delight when she was able to provide information that she found that ultimately led to an early intervention for a child with cancer. You know, radiology, we tend to be one step removed from the patient. And um, but, you know, we understand that we understand that that's our role. We get to see the patients face-to-face in fluoroscopy and sometimes in ultrasound. But, you know, the radiologist tends to be somewhat faceless. But I think we can still derive a lot of satisfaction knowing we did a, a really excellent job for a patient. I had a case just a few months ago where I took a little extra time on it. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Let me go look. And I started looking back in the file. And, it, and I found another study that the patient had. And... I said, wait a second, there's something wrong here. And I kept investigating and I realized, you know what, there's what I thought was just a, a plain old regular x-ray that would I just read in five, you know, 30 seconds, whatever. I decided just to take a little bit more time because I just it piqued my interest. And I looked back and I realized that um, the patient really had a much more serious diagnosis going on. And I was able to kind of put a few, piece a few things together that hadn't really been seen. And um I really appreciate the fact that the oncologist like, gave me the feedback and said the family was appreciative, but I never saw them face to face. But I think radiologists know that that's, that's not why we do it. We, we like to have that impact, but um, don't have to hear it from the family. We, we know that when you go home, you say, wow, I did, that was cool today. You know, that's, that's where we derive our, our satisfaction. Dr. Averill is a third-generation MD, her father, an OBGYN, her mother, an OB nurse, and her grandfather, a radiologist. Hear more about Dr. Lauren Averill's Nemours story on the podcast that is coming out Monday, November 2nd. Cindy Bowe is the Operational Vice President and Chief Strategy and Business Development Officer for the Nemours Children's Health System. In addition, as we learned in episode 46 of this podcast, Cindy is heading up the Nemours efforts toward greater health equity, diversity, inclusion, and anti-racism. It's a topic about which Cindy is passionate because it's personal. You see, Cindy, 
the daughter of immigrants, grew up on New York City's Lower East Side, a neighborhood known for being a cultural melting pot for generations of people who come to this country, willing to work hard, overcome language and educational barriers, all to achieve the American dream. My parents came um, from China. They had nothing. We had nothing. We had, you know, talk about social determinants of health. And they always say, oh, as if it's a new term. And I'm like, guys, it's not a new term. I used to, you know, get like free cheese because we didn't have food on the table and we would line up to get free cheese, these blocks of cheese. This is not a new concept. And my mom, who didn't have insurance because she was a factory worker, would not bring me to my doctor unless I was deathly ill. And I remember blacking out one day, you know, going to Chinese school and she finally took me to the doctor. It didn't matter if she didn't want me to miss school because school was the key to, you know, out of poverty, right? But there are certain things that we need to recognize within families and cultures because it's not always about like, oh, let's schedule the appointment for 11.15. This patient can, can, can come here for 11.15. Well, what happens if the person can't take off to bring the child to, to right. visit for 11.15 or the no-show? And it was from her parents that Cindy Bo learned what she says are the five basic principles of business, principles that they instilled in her and her brother at a very young age, as she outlined in her November 2017 TED Talk. The ironic thing is that my parents were not business professionals. They were not entrepreneurs. My dad was a waiter at a Chinese restaurant, and my mom was an office clerk managing supplies. Neither of them graduated from high school, but both of them worked hard to achieve what many immigrants in that day tried to achieve, which is the American dream. The American dream allowed them to live with political freedom, access equal rights, and have a better and safe life for themselves and for their families. Really, it's not that different from the American dream today. It's through that resolve that I gained lessons from them that helped shape me to who I am today. Simple as they are, they bring us back to basics and serve as reminders as to who we can be. The lessons are as follows. Number one, hustle for what you want to achieve. Secondly, be humble always. Third, honor diversity. Fourth, embrace challenging but positive change. And last but not least, always anticipate the needs of others. Principles that Cindy Bo brings to bear in her leadership position here at Nemours, a role that encompasses not just her diversity initiative. It encompasses several things, but if I had to summarize it into three things, it is really to drive growth in business for the sustainability and longevity of the organization. That's number one. Number two is to always be solution-minded and creative in terms of um, you know, countermeasures to things that, you know, evolve, right? So looking at different processes, looking at different business strategies, looking at new service lines. So thinking differently to match the evolving market and just consumer demands that we have in place. And then the third piece is to be able to really integrate a lot of the different, what I call connecting the dots, because there could be obvious or maybe not so obvious tetherings that can happen. So if we're talking about, uh, for example, something around social determinants of health and then something around racial equity, those two can be interlinked to what we deliver in the practice with flu shots. Because we know that during pandemic situations, the same people who go in who should go in uh, for flu shots may be 
kind of looked at in different levels based on race, ethnicity, and maybe there are certain populations, maybe people of color um, are now suffering from, you know, health disparities. So linking those three sort of disparate items, practice, social determinants, and racial equity amongst our communities can be one strategy. So connecting the dots is really key in my role. Her job, therefore, is a good dose of public health and population strategy infused in Cindy's particular case with the philosophical and ethical teachings of the Chinese philosopher Confucius, passed down to her by her parents. I always believe um, from my Confucian upbringing (laughs) that we always have to ask ourselves, how can I do better? How can we do better? So it, it, it could be in the moment, the context around racism, but tomorrow it could be around hiring, right? If you're a hiring manager, the next week it could be around, you know, if you're a clinical care delivery person, you know, how can I break down these disparities? It, it's how I, as an individual, as one part of society, be able to do better, make better, right? To really create what we would envision a better world for our children. And, and, and I use that as a gauge when I go home every night. You know, I, I look my child in the eye or my children in their eyes and, and say, you know, have I actually done something that would make it a better world for you even when I'm gone? Again, it sounds really corny, but my upbringing has taught me to do that. And I hope that when they see it, when my children or my nieces and nephews or other children see everybody doing that, that they carry the torch, right? And that's how generations can get better. They learn from us. They're so influenced by us. As you know, through nurture, you know, nurture versus nature, I strongly believe that through nurture, we can literally change. We can literally change the world. Cindy Bow is the Operational Vice President and Chief Strategy and Business Development Officer for the Nemours Children's Health System. Working in philanthropy requires certain abilities. Good communication skills, a knack for the art of storytelling, a willingness to be open and vulnerable, and perhaps most important of all, a sense of empathy for others. Nemours associate Becky Phillips has all of these nailed down, especially empathy, a hard-won skill resulting from a family health struggle, something that started when she was in her teens and led to her involvement in and passion for the world of healthcare philanthropy. When I was about probably 14 years old, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And the Cancer Support Community is an org- organization that it's actually a nationally recognized organization that has local chapters. And so here in Delaware, their support group um, hosted caregiver and uh, patient support groups and my family participated in those groups. So my dad was in the um, patient side and and we were over in the caregiver side. Um, And it's a really beautiful old house. It's a great setting. And my family, we really made some, some wonderful connections there. We met some really great people. We lost a lot of great people too, including my dad who passed away when I was 24. He was about 56 years old. So he actually lived for 10 years with his, after his first initial cancer diagnosis. And I think that that organization really helped him through a lot of that and our family too. So that's why I felt passionately about, about supporting it. Because I think when people lose a loved one, I think that you can kind of go two different ways. You can either do something to 
have that person's memory kind of live on and and feel still connected to them and supporting a, a cause that you feel passionate about. And that's, that's the route that I took. So I did a 5k to start. That was the first fundraiser that I ever managed was the 5k for Cliff, which was my dad's name. And so I fundraised for that um, for about five years. And then once I realized that I wanted to start to do work in philanthropy um, full time, that's when I kind of transitioned out of, of the board and, and, and dove in. So does that period in your life inform the work that you do here with in the at Nemours? I think so. Once I realized that working to help improve the lives of other people was so fulfilling and just seeing the results and seeing how people can benefit from from your hard work in that way was really great for me and it was pretty clear that at that point I realized that that was where I needed to be. In some ways, do you do it to honor him, your father, Cliff? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And I, you know, even, even visiting or meeting these patients that we, that we meet now, it's, it's so hard not to connect with them and just feel like you're a part of their lives. And they may not, they may not feel the same way, but I certainly feel a connection to them now. I mean, I follow a lot of our patient ambassadors on Facebook and and their journeys and sometimes try and reach out and stay in touch with them just because it's really, really great to see them grow up, especially these little tiny babies that are are growing and and managing through their challenges. It's just really um, inspiring to see them. And from a family perspective, since your family was affected by cancer when you were a teenager, you understand that it's not just treating the child, it's treating the family. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's like monumental in, in why we started going to the support groups and because it affects your entire, everyone in your life and everyone in your immediate circle. I mean, it's, it can be really challenging for young children, I can't even imagine, because I know as a teenager, it wasn't easy. And philanthropy itself has changed. For example, there's a relatively new term you might hear in relation to fundraising, cause marketing. Becky Phillips explains. So cause marketing is really twofold in that it's a way to fundraise for Nemours, but it's also a way to spread awareness and recognition for Nemours and the, and the brand that we're trying to get into the community. We're the only children's hospital in Delaware, so we have some direct competition with some other larger hospitals, but there's so much of what we do that can't be replicated because of our size and because of the way that we've been established. So, the cause marketing is important for not only for us, but also for our, our partners and our corporate organizations. You know, people love to see businesses and retailers that are supporting their local hospital, especially when it comes to children, too. So it's important to keep everybody engaged. And, and we have a lot of support through our different programs, like I mentioned, the hang tags that we sell in the community. But a lot of people do different types of givebacks for us, like a percentage of sales donated to us during certain times. We have some really amazing um, larger corporate sponsors like the Philadelphia Phillies, and they give us some really incredible support in donating to our silent auctions or supporting our 
our Radiothon through Runs for Radiothon. And um, then we also have other retailers like Concordville Subaru. They have a huge Share the Love campaign, which is a national campaign that, that you probably are familiar with. But then there's also a local element to it. And I think people really appreciate that. Becky Phillips oversees partnership development and cause marketing for the Nemours Fund for Children's Health. She's based in the Delaware Valley. And by the way, one of her other projects is the annual Help Our Kids Radiothon that happened earlier this month. And in its first ever virtual incarnation, raised $225,003. Congratulations. And finally today, we hear from Dr. Meg Frizzola. She's the Division Chief for the Pediatric Critical Care Unit, the PICU, at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children. She's seen many sick children. It's a frightening, desperate time for families whose emotions can sometimes get the better of them. Yet there was one family that Dr. Frizzola singles out as inspiration simply because of the gracious manner in which they treated her and her staff. I think it's working with the families and the patients that inspire me and keep me and my team going. It's it's just truly amazing to see what these families can endure um, and remain positive and optimistic and loving and caring and kind to the staff. So I think one of the most inspirational families to me was a few years ago, um, there was a a teenage boy um, who was injured on a family vacation, um, and he sustained a very severe head injury that then led into some um, heart disease, and and he got critically ill, and quite frankly, uh, life-threateningly ill, could have and perhaps should have died and did not. But throughout it, this family was kind and laughing and supportive and encouraging of the entire staff and the way that they interacted with this child or adolescent, despite setback after setback after setback, was amazing to me. And I know it was their support, their teamwork, their positivity that has this teenager walking back in, back at school, It's been a few years, maybe going to college at this point, and I still interact with them. In fact, I've nominated them for several um, family awards because they were so inspiring. What sets that family apart? There's a resilience there that really, uh, they didn't go over the edge. They They were always kind. They were always nice to the staff and to each other and to this young man. Where do you think the tipping point is that made this family stand out for you? I think it was their graciousness, and I think it was their understanding of of how dire the situation was and processing it and, and, and wanting to hear all of the news, but knowing that they pulled every neighbor, every friend, every family that they had in, um, in a support system that they knew was critical to stay here for months and months and months. And I think it was their – they also adre- handled it with a, a great deal of humor, which – I think is always important. Dr. Meg Frizzola is the division chief for the Pediatric Critical Care Unit at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington. Whatever your inspiration might be, we're so glad you're here, both as an Amours associate and listening to the Champions for Children podcast. The stories you hear on this podcast are true, and they are those of associates just like you. In fact, if you or someone you know, would like to share a Nemours story as part of the podcast, we're listening. 
Simply email podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. Thanks to all of our guests today, Lauren, Cindy, Becky, and Meg, and as always to our production staff, Peter Adebi and Deborah Griffin. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts, and you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app or simply ask your smart speaker to play the Champions for Children podcast. Next week, preparing for and recovering from a hurricane's direct hit, Hurricane Sally, and its effect on the Nemours operations in Pensacola, Florida. Till then, I'm Carol Vassar, and please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children we serve.